Hey everyone, this is Cheryl. Welcome to the sixth episode of the fifth season of Anything But Routine. If you're new here, glad to have you. If you're old here, <laughs> you've listened to before, glad to have you back. Be sure to rate and review Anything But Routine on your podcast platform so other people can find us and tune in for some positivity and motivation. Be sure to like and follow Anything But Routine on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to reach out with any questions, comments, or episode ideas at anythingbutroutinepodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode category is a brand new one that we just had a few weeks ago called The World We Live In, and it focuses on not just the world around us, but also the people and places and organizations that are actively involved in helping the environment in some way. Today's episode fits solely into this category, not sharing or combining with any others, and today we spotlight a woman named Darcy Sanner, who has worked with honeybees for more than 18 years. You may or may not be aware of the plight of the honeybee and how crucial this tiny creature is to the ecosystem and, in turn, the human race. We're all familiar with honey and the treats and health benefits that come with it, and of course honey itself is important, but the honeybee plays an even bigger role than honey producer. Bees are crucial to the pollination of plants, including food crops. Bees, in general, carry pollen with them from plant to plant as they go along their way, and you've probably seen the yellow clumps stuck to bees' legs. In fact, they pollinate more than 90% of the world's top food crops, which in turn leads to larger harvests, which sustains life, of course, and sustains economies. Additionally, research is finding that bee venom and other bee products have significant health benefits, including cancer treatments. But the honeybee has been threatened in recent years by disease, by climate change, and by humans. Without bees, any medical advances they might assist with would be lost, as would the very existence of foods such as corn, soybeans, peppers, cucumbers, broccoli, tomatoes, and many fruits and nuts that provide ample nutrition for humans. This would have a disastrous impact on human life as well as the economy. When I first began dating my love six years ago, he and his mother had just begun raising honeybees themselves, and so I got a first-hand look at what goes into beekeeping and what fascinating animals these little things are. And Darcy Sanner was their honeybee resource. Darcy lived locally at the time. Way back when, well before this, Darcy was interested in the environment and gravitated toward bees in particular. She loves the magic of the bees, and she says, quote, I am in absolute awe of them, unquote. She studied bees for three years prior to owning her very first hives, and by the time my love and his mom got into beekeeping, Darcy owned a beekeeping-slash-agritourism business in Pennsylvania's Laurel Highlands called Summer Smiles Honey Farm, which had, gosh, I don't even remember how many beehives she had. Lots, I know that. In the fall of 2020, Summer Smiles was sold, and in the winter of 2021, Darcy moved to Georgia to work for a commercial beekeeper called Swan's Honey. Now she lives in Hawaii, and she works for Kona Queen, which is one of the largest commercial honeybee queen producers in the world. Some basic facts on honeybees and their colonies, because there are so many fascinating little details that this episode could go on for hours. The bottom line is that without a queen bee, there is no colony. It's the queen and only the queen who mates with the male honeybees and lays the eggs that produce more bees to sustain the colony. Only the queen can do that. A single colony might have 50,000 bees, male and female, but there's only one queen. There'll be maybe 300 male bees called drones who mate with the queen, and then the rest of the colony is female worker bees. 
everything revolves around the queen. If there is no queen, there is no colony. If the queen decides to move out of the hive, so to speak, or if she dies, if that colony doesn't create a new queen bee, or if the hive owner doesn't quickly introduce a new queen, the colony will die within a month or two. The absence of the queen produces a ripple effect on so many levels. Again, it's so incredible how every single bee in a colony has its own role and how one change affects everything. I can't quickly sum it all up in this episode, and if you're interested in having an episode specifically discussing beekeeping and how the honeybee colony functions, I can definitely do that. Please reach out and let me know. But suffice it to say, everything falls apart without a queen. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Which is why what Darcy does now is so important, because a regular bee can't just become a queen should a colony need a queen. It's not like in politics, where a new leader can just be voted in. If a colony loses its queen, another female bee can't just step into that role. Queens are actually created. When bee larvae hatch, the worker bees feed them, but they choose some larvae to be nurtured as future queens, and these larvae are fed what's called royal jelly. This is a special type of food that is richer in nutrients than the regular food given to all the other larvae. Royal jelly contains all the nutrients needed to help those chosen larvae develop into fertile queen bees. Because remember, only the queen can lay the eggs that go on to sustain the colony. The regular food given to the rest of the larvae doesn't contain enough nutrients to help them develop that kind of fertility. And so these larvae will grow to become regular worker bees. So in the case where a queen bee dies, or otherwise leaves, the worker bees will ideally begin growing and nurturing young larvae with royal jelly in order to requeen their own colony. They feed multiple larvae the royal jelly in hopes that at least one larva will grow and thrive and ultimately become their new queen. There are times that colonies will have two queens, and everyone gets along, but more often than not, rival queen bees will fight to the death. The queen who survives gets the colony. Sometimes, though, for whatever reason, a colony fails to produce its own replacement queen, not even one, and it needs to be manually requeened by a beekeeper. This happened to us more than once, and this is where Darcy comes in. Beekeepers order queen bees from producers such as Kona Queen, where Darcy now works rearing queen bees specifically for this purpose. Kona Queen and other queen producers use various methods to create an environment conducive to producing more than one queen at a time. And these queens are then supplied to beekeepers whose colonies are without queens of their own. Darcy told me that upwards of 85% of the world's beekeepers are private beekeepers. Some raise bees because they want to harvest their own organic honey, like we did. Others raise bees to help sustain the ecosystem. While it's wonderful that so many people are so interested, Darcy says, most don't fully understand the natural tendencies of bees and the intricacies involved in keeping them, and they wind up losing their hives. Even with Darcy's expertise and assistance, we lost several hives. It's amazing the careful precision that's necessary in order to sustain the colonies. So if getting into beekeeping is something that you've been thinking about, please be aware of this. It's definitely nothing like going to the animal shelter and adopting a cat or a dog. Beekeeping is very much an art. And Darcy says there are plenty of other ways to help where the honeybee population is concerned. Growing natural plants that are favorites of pollinators such as honeybees is one way. Limiting chemicals and pesticides is another, as is supporting farmers and growers that do the same. All of this helps just as much as, if not more than, raising honeybees yourself. 
Darcy has worked with bees in so many different ways, and she loves it. And in addition to continuing to master the art of queen bee rearing, she's also looking ahead to starting a photography business and writing a book. I, for one, am excited to see what she does next. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Anything But Routine. Again, seriously, if you would be interested in learning more about the ins and outs and specifics of honeybees and what's involved in raising them, please let me know. You can email me at anythingbutroutinepodcast at gmail.com or DM me through the Anything But Routine Facebook page and Instagram account. Also, please take a moment to rate and review Anything But Routine on your preferred podcast platform. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you've been enjoying Anything But Routine, please consider becoming a sponsor. You can choose the monthly amount you sponsor for. You can quit anytime. It's easy to set up. Just go to the Anything But Routine page on anchor.fm and click the support button. It'll walk you right through. I will see you back here next Tuesday, July 26th, for another brand new episode. Till then, take care, stay safe and healthy, have a great week, I'll talk to you soon.